everybody. How's everyone? Welcome to another episode of Beneath the Screen of the Ultra Critics. That's not here to do voices. Oh, no. All right. I'm joined, as always, by Kara. Say hello. Hello. And, again, we are joined by a special guest, Alejandra. Say hello. Hello. And today, we're going to be continuing our um, Antifa propaganda discussions. This time dealing with Wonder Woman and Black Panther, two favorite movies. They're so good. Amazing. <laughs> um, I'm going to assume we've all seen Black Panther and Wonder Woman before. Yeah, several times. <laughs> uh, same. Um, do you guys have a preference for which one you prefer? Of the two? Yeah. I would say Black Panther. Okay. Yeah, Black Panther. Yeah, it's a close, it's very close. But ultimately, I, you know, I just think that with every element put together, including cinematography, music, it's just so, so beautiful from top to bottom. I just love it. Okay. It kind of depends on my mood. I would actually say that the Wonder Woman theme, which I cannot make with my mouth, is so, it wasn't until I turned it on and I heard it again, I'm like, oh, it's so iconic. <laughs> um, yeah. But Black, and this is not to like poop on Wonder Woman at all, but Black Panther's costume and set design was so fantastic. And knowing more about it and how they like went to different um, African nations and African cultures and tribal groups and like created these very four, five actually distinct things. It's I think that just on the costuming and the beauty of the colors, the fact that it's one of the more colorful Marvel movies slightly pushes it ahead. But again, depending on my mood, I might go for Wonder Woman. That's fair. Um I tend to go for Wonder Woman simply because as much as I love Black Panther, it's still a Marvel movie. And even though it's more visual, I don't know. I just, I like Wonder Woman slightly better. But even then, honestly, it's a tie because it's like the, the two comic book movies that I actually own. Mm -hmm. oh. I've actually watched more than once on my own accord. Oh, interesting. I would say that, it you know, if you would... Or to ask a different question, like what, which movie has your favorite, like my favorite moment from any superhero movie I think ever would be the No Man's Land scene from Wonder Woman. Oh, I was yeah. about to say the same thing. They were going to cut that. Do you know, do you both know this? They were, the, um, the producers like went to the director and they were like, we don't understand what this scene is. It doesn't do anything like for the plot of the story. And it's like, what? it shows that he's a hero. Like, this, this is the thing that's missing from superhero movies is they forget that superheroes are heroes outside of plot. Yeah. And it's, 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 a, it's a wonderful moment that shows that she is a warrior for good and that she inspires normal people. Like, that's her whole thing. She inspires normal men to do extraordinary things with her presence. That is what that scene is for. Just, and actually, now that you say that, it, it, it makes me think that Wonder Woman, in, in a way, it, you know, sort of becomes a, a better superhero movie in the sense of her being a hero, because it, it features her saving people just because she wants to save them, 
Whereas it, most, I would say most Marvel films, with the exception maybe of Spider-Man, never have that. Ne like literally, we never see them just saving people. Or we see a sort of a like a cold open with them doing something that's kind of good-ish, and then it's sort of like dropped. Like we just don't see. I feel like I, Jeremiah. I wonder if you and Thad talked about this before, but we just don't see them being heroic good people. Yeah, no, we did a whole episode on it about yeah. how heroes aren't heroic. <laughs> um, it's part of the Man of Steel complex of which yeah. you have heroes and you're more interested in getting them into the big fight at the end than you are yeah. in them actually doing good. And as much as Captain America talks about how much he hates bullies, once he becomes Captain America... Like, we don't see him going around doing a bunch of things until Bucky gets in trouble. Until then, yeah. he just has a job as a mascot. The, the one thing I would say, though, is what we see with T'Challa. So, to, and again, this isn't to be hostile to Black Panther. We don't see T'Challa being much of a hero necessarily, but we mm -hmm. see him explore the idea of what it means to be a heroic person. Yeah. Um, my favorite part of Black Panther is because in Wonder Woman, the sort of theme is Wonder Woman has the singularly focused vision. I am going to go to the world of men. I am going to find Ares. I'm going to kill him. And I'm going to stop all war and save the world. And the sort of plot line she goes through is the people she meets sort of tugging on that and sort of unraveling that thing. Whereas T'Challa comes from the opposite where he's like, I'm not sure what I should do, and therefore I'm going to consult with the people in my life, many of whom are women. And he comes mm -hmm. to them and he's like, and he always takes the opposite of what he knows they're going to say. So he'll go to one person and be like, I don't think we should open the nation. What do you think? Because he knows that they disagree. And then he'll go to someone else and say, I think we should open the nation. What do you think? To hear what they say, because he is, um, he doesn't see himself as standing alone he sees himself as working with others so i think that that's again one of the closest the marvel movies get to exploring the idea of like what does it mean to be a hero and a great man that well, not only that but it's also like we've seen this trope a hundred times before of like he starts out one way and then ends up realizing he was wrong the entire time mm-hmm but yeah. with Black Panther, is like an actual revelation that changes his character, mm -hmm. as opposed to you getting to the point of like, well, now he's the hero. Whereas yeah. for Black Panther, he always saw himself as a hero, realized he was only a hero to a certain sect, and then was like, oh, we have to go beyond the boundaries. The, the end of Black Panther, so... Um... I think Killmonger is a really interesting character because he's one of those that, unlike Thanos, who was just embarrassing, <laughs> Killmonger has a point. <laughs> Killmonger has like a pretty coherent point in worldview. And what I view, my personal take on Killmonger is that he has a very clear point in worldview, which he's right, that like colonialism and racism has destroyed millions and billions of people all over the world and that maybe the only way to fix it is like some sort of armed uprising which is n coherent but the thing is is he's unable to conceive of anything that's not like cia disruptive violence right. and he doesn't well, really care about anything but that so he's not trying to really make a better wakanda or a better world he's just he just destroys things and it's like that's all he's been trained to do well I, I think he no, sorry go ahead 
I, I think he also just like, you know, a, a, I think about Killmonger is I think it would be very easy to switch the point of view and and look at Killmonger's story only mm-hmm. and see him as a hero uh, no. and, and see Wakanda as a villain. But also I, I do think that part of the point, of course, of, of, of Killmonger's, Killmonger's story is that he just, the resentment grows and festers until he just becomes you know vengeful which is um which i I, you know we get into a little bit into the the propaganda thing in which it's kind of a cautionary tale like yeah sometimes you need violence and killmonger definitely has a point uh in 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 saying that but it's also like you have to kind of take care of of where you're coming from when you when you do use that those means you know i i think the the when you Killmonger cares about vengeance, but he doesn't care about people. T'Challa cares mm-hmm. about not only the people of Wakanda, but also the people of the greater world. And he's trying to figure out how to balance those two things. But Killmonger doesn't care about anyone. He doesn't care about himself. He doesn't care about his ancestors. He doesn't care about the people of Wakanda. He doesn't care about mm-hmm. his own um, companion that he has to kill. Like, he doesn't seem to mourn her. Uh, I, the, the end to, to, to me, the end of the movie is really good because it parallels when we first meet the Black Panther and he's like obsessed with vengeance because he thinks Bucky killed his father. Mm-hmm. He realizes he's wrong about that and they find out it is, is it Zemo? Uh, I, I couldn't say. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. It's some other random dude that set up Bucky for killing his father. When he realizes that, he realizes like his quest for like murder vengeance is not good. And he has Zemo taken to prison where he then disappears from the Marvel plotline because they're not good at this. And then, <laughs> but what we see is him like furious fighting Killmonger and he does him probably a lethal injury. And they're both just sort of sitting there after their fight. Killmonger is bleeding out. And T'Challa like kind of in this way like offers him like, I could probably get you help and save your life if that's what you want. Because T'Challa has grown from the first time we saw him to the second time and retained that growth. Thank you for getting that one right for one character. (laughs) Where he's realized that that murder vengeance leads to nothing valuable, but also the ideology over human needs and wants is useless as well. And that's why he offers basically Killmonger a choice. Like, do you want me to help you or would you prefer to die? And Killmonger says that he would prefer to die. And T'Challa respects that choice. Also, by the way, just real quick, is Zuri. It's what? The character's name you're talking about, Forrest Whitaker, the one who mm-hmm. takes uh, is Zuri. No, no, no. I'm the ki- No, no, no. That kills T'Challa's father. Oh, okay. Sorry. The, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, 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 the white from, guy. Um, yeah. I think it is okay. Zemo. Yeah. From Civil War would be okay. I'm gonna look yeah. it up because <laughs> Civil War tricked me, you guys. Oh, no, I you thought mean was... uh, Claw? No, 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 not Claw because he didn't mastermind it. Gotcha. Oh, oh, yeah, Civil War. I blocked that movie out. Um, <laughs> <laughs> thought but... it was re- I thought it was really good until I realized it wasn't. Welcome to most Marvel movies. Um, I will say that Black Panther does a wonderful job with propaganda and the fact that it actually flips the uh, tables on propaganda. Mm -hmm. And at one point even says, even has the one female CIA CIA character go, 
And this is what we do. We trained them for this. And to have a major corporation movie go, by the way, this is what we're doing right now. (laughs) In other countries. It's it's one of those things, it's so... It's it's hard because to have them be like, we trained somebody to destroy and destabilize governments, and he going rogue is now the villain of this story, but like no one really questions the uh, the white CIA agent. What's his name? Martin Freeman's character. Martin Freeman's character. Uh, <laughs> so he, he is the one that sort of reveals like who Killmonger is and what he's trying to do. He reveals that he works for the CIA still, and very openly tells to T'Challa's face like oh yeah I train people to do this this is what my organization does I know about it and I'm aware of it and then at the end he helps like stop Killmonger's plot to destroy the world and kind of walks away being a pseudo hero in the storyline and it's like no right. <laughs> 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 it's, 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 it's one of those things where I think it's I actually don't put this just at the feet of like Marvel Disney but like culturally America can't deal with the fact that we are the villains. It always has to be, oh, it's that guy going rogue. It's a lone wolf. It's not a systematic problem. We don't have an issue with fascistic white supremacy that we export all over the world. It's it's the black guy. (laughs) Oh, dear. (laughs) Uh, I mean, I think it's also very complex. Like, it's you know, I think that, that Black Panther does a very good job of it because it just sort of opens up the conversation as opposed to giving you an answer or trying to give you an answer. Um, you know, yes. even though, you know, Ross is like the, the it, it's one guy uh, and, and you know, he does represent something bigger, but that they don't, they never give you the idea that he is, that he's like, in the end, especially acting on behalf of, of anyone he just decides right to to yeah to do what he does but i i do because it's so i mean the themes that that are touched upon in black panther like from globalization to imperialism uh you know social responsibility um in in the sense of i i'm i'm a minority that has gained the wealth uh, what do I do with it and how do I use it to benefit like my fellow man? Um, I mean, even slavery is touched upon um, yeah. in that very scene at the end. So it's, I, I do think it it does a good job and it was a good choice in my opinion to not give a definite answer mm-hmm. like, because I don't think it does. I think T'Challa, um, you know, makes a decision to open up Wakanda and it's still very, um, the, you know, very, let's see how this goes kind of situation right yeah where, where he like i feel like i have to try and i've listened to uh people like nakia who are like we have to do something I and mean, we have to figure out a way to to help in some way but it's still very we'll see how this goes and it might not go as well as we wish or hope it it goes uh but it doesn't give you a and this is the right thing to do bye <laughs> i i think in a way I agree, I agree with everything you just said. I think in a way that that's sort of the most anti-fascist thing of all, mm. which is in that, so it's a theme of, we don't know, we have knowledge that will help others. We don't know best. We are going to try to help in an ongoing dialogue and see how it goes, which is, because like there's always the, um, 
the very sort of of toxic kind of like white savior thing of like oh well like my country is very wealthy and i know everything and therefore i'm going to go to this country that i don't understand i know nothing about and just you know infect it with ne a neoliberal economy and just destroy it destroy it and say that i'm doing the right thing so i think that there is something that's very anti-fascist about focusing on helping others and that you don't know everything because fascism is about control certainty and selfishness and so yes. if you reject certainty selfishness and control then you won't hopefully be fascist or authoritarian yeah that sounds good to me yeah and uh, i mean i think i, I worry i worry about fascism in my country a lot i can't think why <laughs> this um haunts me uh but you know also, uh, we should just uh, shout out real quick and just uh, RIP to Chadwick Boseman, who was a Black Panther. Oh, God. I knew we had to talk about this today, and I just... We don't have to. Uh, we can just be like, RIP. <laughs> uh, we're very sad. If it's yeah. a wound you don't want to pick up, that's fine. We can move on. I, cr I cried. <laughs> no, of course. All day. But, like, but, oh, yeah. but I think I think that, that you know, uh, it's, been a, it's been a minute, Uh you know, since the shock sort of wore off. And I, I think it's, for me, very important just to, to recognize, like, how important he was and, and you know, the decisions he made towards the end of his career and the films that he, it's so important. And so, um, you know, just, well, thank you, you know, like, wow, just amazing. Yeah, just uh, a, a brilliant artist. We were, we, we were lucky and, I know him mainly from Black Panther and from a few other things, but looking at his filmography and his works, and he has even still films that are slated to come out that haven't yet because we live in hell. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's, it is terrible, yeah. but it is, it is, it is wonderful that we, that we got the chance to know him and that he was able to show the world like what he was capable of artistically. That is worthwhile. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, no, uh, I uh, I came back from a walk and Coy told me, and I was like, okay, that was not what I was expecting. Uh, mm -hmm. <laughs> I was yeah. a little bowled over. Um, it, it affected me weirdly in a way that most other deaths haven't, and I don't know why. Or maybe I because I just loved uh, him as an actor in his movies. Uh, I loved 42. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And uh, get on. Once you see Get On Up, I think you everyone were like, there was one critic I remember, Dave White, I think, like really wanted Black Panther to come out so people could understand how awesome Chadwick Boseman was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because after you see 42 and Get On Up, it's like, wow, this guy is great. I really want this movie to come out so his name can blow up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so move on to that to happier news. Well, not happier news, but. Uh, happier subject of Wonder Woman. Well, so here, here is why I think I will never like the worst part of Wonder Woman, hands down, is the ending punch em out scene. You want to become is, just like every other comic book movie? It becomes uh, a visual soup. It takes up a lot of money and time. It has no value to the story. It does nothing for her character. It's just 
cinematic white noise. I hate it. And the worst part about it is it has one of the best moments, I think, in the movie that's a subtle moment. So there is... Um, uh, there, there is an owner woman. There's, there's a woman who creates these terrible toxic gases to use in the trenches of World War One, and her face mm -hmm. is badly scarred. And I think she's called Doctor Poison. Is that what it is? Yeah. And there's a moment where Wonder Woman is fighting Ares, and Doctor he throws Doctor Poison in front of her. He's like, this is the woman that's caused so much pain and so much suffering. Like you can, you could, you could literally kill her, and all, and she deserves it because she's wicked. And Wonder Woman looks at Dr. Poison, who looks at her, and, like, the, 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 the actress that plays Dr. Poison is brilliant, because you look at her, and her face, the expression on her face is so painful and afraid and defiant, and, like, it's, it's an amazing moment, and especially because it's two women looking at each other, making a decision about who they see each other as and see themselves as. And Wonder Woman lets her go, not because it's wrong to kill people, but because it achieves nothing. Right. It's, I, I always hate that in movies where it's like, oh, it's, it's wrong to kill people. You have killed a hundred people to get to this point. <laughs> <laughs> but I like um, the ideology of it. It's not that it's wrong to kill people. It's what does it, to squish a woman with a tank right. ideologically does nothing of value. For me, it's like the other pet peeve is the I've gone the whole movie of not killing, but now to give it of the bad guy so we don't have him in a sequel. Mm -hmm. I'll find a, we'll do a mental gymnastic to allow this to somehow not make it my fault. Or if it is, is my fault, I won't have actually killed you. I'll just have decided not to save you. Uh, if Dr. Poison shows up in the sequel, I will be angry. Yeah. I'm um, already angry that that uh, that Chris Pine is showing up in the sequel, kind of. I yeah. am a little bit angry, but I just he's so you know charismatic that I'm like, okay, as long as he's not annoying. <laughs> I love Chris Pine, but I do feel like like he died in in such a way that it was so important to to um, her growth as a character, um, and to and he had such a good ending. Mm -hmm. And I just feel wary that that it might ruin that, but we'll yeah. see. I don't blame him, because I felt I, the same way. <laughs> I, I do have some complaints about... So Chris Pine's character, to me, is very... It is very weird. Okay. Because he seems to go back and forth between understanding that he is talking to, like, a super-powered soldier woman... And, like, treating her like a girl. Like, it, it seems to switch between scene to scene to whether or not he thinks she's a girl or thinks she's a soldier in a way that I don't like. I can help you with that. That's because he's a man. Yeah. Is, is that... <laughs> and it's one of my greatest frustrations with movies. So, so there is a scene where, um, at the very... Be sort of at the beginning where he's going to take her on a secret mission to go through no man's land to stop Dr. Poison. And he said that he's not going to do that because he knows they'll be in trouble. It's going to be a secret mission. And she's yelling at him because she doesn't realize he's lying. Mm -hmm. And it has one of those scenes where like, she's yelling, he's like, hold on a minute. And she's yelling, he's like, hold on a minute. And he's, she's yelling, he's like, be quiet, you know, don't talk so loud. And she, and like, I hate that dynamic because real, I, real people don't do that. Just, just say, give me a minute. I have something important to tell you about this. Please give me a minute. Like, t it's the same thing that happened in civil war of like, use your big boy words. 
I the ending of Civil War. I'm so sorry. I know this is way off topic, but the ending of Civil War, where it's like, Tony, why don't you just say your feelings? And also, Cap, why don't you use your words? Why doesn't people you men can't use their words? Not only that, but like comic book movies don't want to do that. Um, Alejandro, sorry. <laughs> <It's a kid. laughs> no, it's a thing of like, yeah, you, you, uh, like you're wanting a genre that hasn't hit maturity yet. It has, it's a lot of issues because it's aimed at everyone, but it's mostly aimed at kids. Yeah. And it's written by a lot of guys who aren't that emotionally mature, as evident by the other films. <laughs> uh, no, but yeah, I do have gripes with Wonder Woman too. Um, I, 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 to this day, I, I sustain that Ares shouldn't have showed up. Mm. Um, Interesting. Just, you know, like the, 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 whole, the whole thing of her being convinced that it was Ares, it was Ares that, that, that influenced the humans. And then the, the moment where she kills the, the, you know, the de facto bad guy of, of the movie, the, <clears throat> he was a general or something, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Ludendorff? Ludendorff. Uh, <clears throat> and he, and, 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 you know, she realizes, why are they not stopping? They're not stopping uh, fighting. And, and, you know, that, that, that sort of exchange between her and, and Steve Trevor, where he's like, you know, it's not about just one person. I wish I could tell you that killing one guy uh, would would solve this whole thing, but it's not. You know, it's about people, and people are so complicated. Uh, I thought that was amazing, and then Ares shows up, and he's like, "Yeah, so I did influence this." And I'm like, "No, that's the point. That it wasn't just one person." Um, and of course, you know, they do make the point that it, you know, he didn't necessarily cause this. He was just planted seeds or whatever. Right. Uh, and people made the choice themselves. But I do think that that for me, I think it would have been, I don't know how they would have solved it um, after that moment where after he kills, after she kills uh, Ludendorff. But I do think for me, it would have been so much more powerful had, had there not been an Aries, had there really not been an Aries um, visible, at least in the world, uh, that she could fight because yeah, and that's why like it's kind of the point of it being World War One, and right. not World War Two. It was <laughs> so so much more complicated, and it really wasn't about just the one guy. Right. Uh, and uh, and it's just it was such a powerful message, and I do feel like it was slightly undercut by by the exist by the mere existence of Ares. As I will agree. Because when that moment happens, when she kills Ludendorff in theaters, there's a, there's a brief moment where you're like, what, wait, what? Yeah. There wasn't, oh. And then it happens, and you're like, oh, okay. And I'm wondering if they have that scene, like if maybe that was like a, a deal she had to make to keep the, man, the no man's land. Mm-hmm. Like, we'll, we'll give you this, but you have to give us a big fight at the end. I mean, the big fights is they, they do those first because they take so long to do visual effects and then they have to shoehorn it in in some way. Right. Mm. I, yeah, uh, I, can see, I can see a studio saying, like, no, I need to be bad. I, yeah. I, I really like the way that they seeded Ares's work where you see, like, a piece of paper blowing or, like, little things happening. And to me, like, that... Like, like very clearly... They're painting Ares as the devil, 
which in certain yeah. like aspects of like American sort of Protestant and evangelical Christianity, the devil does not create evil. The devil induces it. The devil is te- the temptation to do evil. And so, like, if they had sort of pushed that idea harder, that Aries doesn't create anything. Aries simply offers you the opportunity to be the worst person you could possibly be. I think that they could even have had her conversation with Aries at the end where he's, like, in the windows and stuff, because that was really cool, and just not had a, a stupid punch-out scene. Like, that's that was garbage. Right, well, see, I'm okay with the punch-out scene because it's one of the things where there are so many good things within the punch-out scene that I'm like, I love it too much, that I'm okay with it. It's almost like my, kind of the same issue I have with Black Panther, which I adore and has so much story in it. But then it has that really awful CGI punch-out scene underground. The the punch-out scene where like, Sorry, the punch-out scene where, like, the different forces of Wakanda are fighting each other in a civil war, that's awesome. I love right. that scene. Like, no, awesome that scene's fine. I'm talking about underground and a subway. Yeah. That one's... One-on-one. It looks bad. Yeah. <laughs> it looks bad. It looked back then. It doesn't look even better now. But the civil war thing, that's awesome. That was the best part. But that scene right there, and I, it's one of the things where you just, you just have to swallow that to get to the end. Mm-hmm. Mm. And in the beginning, I said something stupid. I said, which one you like better? There's no reason why you can't like both. <laughs> I don't I mean, know why could... I pitted the two together. That was stupid of me. I don't think so. I th- well, I mean, because it's one of those questions that's meant to evoke thought of, like, how do you conceive of these movies? It's, it's simply a structural question to begin a conversation, Jeremiah. You're not stupid. We love you. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> I'm fine with it. <laughs> My answer remains the same. Um, <laughs> but, <laughs> but, uh, but no, I mean, I, I, I don't want to, like, I, I guess, like you said, I don't want to, I don't want to crap on Wonder Woman at all. Like, I love that movie, and I don't mind the punch-out scene that much. Um, and, you know, it's just a, it's just a nitpick, I guess, mm-hmm. um, because, because in the end, I think it works. I think the way it is, like, the, as is, as, as is presented, it works. Um, and, you know, they, they do seed Ares at the beginning and, and you have reason and they give you reason to believe that he might not be, um, that his intentions might not be the, the purest ones when he tells them not to go, mm-hmm. um, to the thing. Uh, and, and I do think the, the mustache was extremely weird. I think they should have removed the mustache once he turned into Ares. <laughs> Uh, it just looked so anachronistic. I, I, I just, oh God, fuck me visually. But uh, I do think it works. But I do, you know, part of me thinks, because I've had so much time to think about this movie, uh, I, I've just, this is the, the way that I think would have been more interesting, more complex. And like, and like in the similar way that what Black Panther does, where it doesn't give you an answer. Uh, because in the end, with, with Wonder Woman, there's an answer, right? You have right. to kill Ares and then, you know, but there is an understanding of the humanity is complex and they're, they have good and bad and whatever that remains, which, which is great, which is why I don't hate it. Cause it doesn't completely undercut it. It just right. kind of undercuts it. Yeah. But Black Panther, like you said, there is no answer. Essentially. It's much more yeah. complex. And there's something we didn't touch on. There's a lot of story in Black Panther. Yeah. And yeah. so much though, so that it's dealing with different facets of fascism. 
and the notion of what it means to be loyal to your country and the notions of what it means to fight for what you believe in. Yeah. And die for it. Hmm? And, and d die for what you believe in. Like yeah. that's so when things you like fight for what you believe in, sometimes you will die for what you believe in and what you believe in will die with you. Exactly. Yeah. That's frightening. It's interesting too that the, the two characters in, the, in both movies, the characters who die, uh, which are Killmonger and Steve Trevor, they, they do die for, for their core beliefs. But like you said, it, it wouldn't, one of them you know, dies a heroic dead while death, while the other one is just, he dies and, and like you said, the, his idea, the idea of the world that he wants to see kind of dies with him in a way. Mm -hmm. um, and, and it's just, but I don't, I, I find it interesting that I can, I can feel both of those deaths, like they affect me. Right. If not equally in, in terms of, you know, if, if we rationalize it, but emotionally, I think they're both very affecting because their, their arcs of both characters, I think, were, are well realized enough that, I mean, I see why you would die for that, for that cause, you know? Well, I think also Killmonger's death comes from almost just like exhaustion. Mm. Like he's just tired. <laughs> and because he even says like, put me with my ancestors who understood that death was better than bondage. Like he was just tired of having to be the one fighting all the time. Yeah. And I think cause his father is the first one that dies for a cause. Yeah. And then Killmonger has his sort of like moment with the ancestors where he meets his father who is not with the rest of the ancestors of Wakanda. Yeah. Um, I, I always thought that um, the one thing that T'Challa should offer Killmonger is that he will rebury his father with his people, but, or his, you know, Killmonger's right. father, T'Challa's uncle. But his father, like, clearly mourns what his son has become. Yeah. And it's very, and, like, that scene makes it very obvious. Like, part of what Killmonger does is, like, the hatred of the sort of ultra-controlling, nationalistic country that he's part of and the things that he's done, but also just this incredible resentment of everyone and everything, including Wakanda. Right. Yeah. And in the end, after that meeting, he burns it so he doesn't have to meet his father again. Mm-hmm. Um, we're running out of time. This is a shorter meeting than usual. Sorry. Um, for many of you who know, the world is on fire. And on my side of the country, quite literally. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's all the time we have for now. We'll be back hopefully next month. We should be. Uh, I don't know what we'll be discussing then. We'll be taking a break from Antifa for next month. Uh, but we'll come back with it. Uh, what is this month? September. So we'll be back in time for Thanksgiving. Perfect time Yay. to talk about anti-fascism. <laughs> uh, thank you once again for coming on, Helena. Oh, thank you guys for having me. I love being here. No problem. And thank you for coming on, Kara, as usual. Yay. And um, I guess we will talk to you guys later. Bye. Bye. Bye.